Welcome to the Will and Aaron Show with William Kramer, my co-host Aaron Bontrager. Uh, we cover local sports, including the NIC and NLC conferences, plus teams in St. Joseph and Elkhart counties. We also cover college and pro sports. Uh, Aaron, we had a week off for Thanksgiving break. I feel refreshed. How are you feeling? Feeling good. A lot to get to today. That's, yes, sir. A lot to get to including recapping high school football state finals and season football awards for high school. We're going to talk about some high school basketball, both boys and girls, uh, college football, college basketball, NFL, and the NBA. So let's get going. Our first topic, number one, the high school football state finals. And we're going to focus on the 4A state recap where our local team from New Prairie faced off against East Central. And as uh, I projected, uh, it was a loss for New Prairie. Um, it was uh, not very close, Aaron, let me <laughs> put it that way. Um, it, was a, it was not the performance that New Prairie wanted, uh, but the Cougars have a lot to be proud of for this season. East Central was just too much as they won 37-7. to In fact, they jumped out to a 20-0 lead in the first quarter. Uh, Noah Mangia and Marshall Kamisic had a tremendous year. Uh, no one can take anything away from those two players. An outstanding seasons, uh, season, I should say. Uh, New Prairie made another deep run in the playoffs for the second year in a row. Um, they just couldn't stop East Central's running game as the Trojans ran for almost nearly 400 wow. yards. Um, New Prairie had two costly fumbles, and when you play in the state championship game against a team like East Central, you just can't make those mistakes. So, um, again, congratulations to New Prairie for making it down to the state finals. Uh, what an experience for that community the second time within the last 10 years. Yeah, for sure. Congrats to them, the whole program. What an incredible season. So, Aaron, let's look at our final 2022 prediction records. And you won season one. You get the title. You, you get the <laughs> award. Uh, you went 40 and seven. I went 39 and seven. So not bad by both of us. Can't wait till season uh, two of our show to see if we can both beat our first season Riker. So um, let's do our first ever Will and Aaron show high school football awards. And this is how it works. Uh, Aaron, who has focused mostly on the NLC conference, he's going to do those awards, including the player of the year uh, and the coach of the year, as well as honorable mentions, if there are any. And I'm going to do the NIC as well. So start us off, Aaron, with the NLC. All right. So I'm going to start with the honorable mention for player of the year. A lot of highly gifted players that I could have picked here, but I'm going to kind of go outside of the skill position for this one. I'm going to give some love to the linemen. I'm going to go with Dawson Nowacki, the senior lineman for Mishawaka. He was the kind of the leader of the group, and their whole offensive line was so impressive all season. So shout out to Dawson Nowacki. And then the, the NLC player of the year, it's hard not to go to this person. I know local media outlets and even the NLC 
as really high coaches that is as high on this kid for good reason. And I'm going to go with Nitarian Tuggle, Nitro Tuggle. Um, what a year. He's a junior. He was dangerous in all or multiple phases of the game. He did damage outside as a big play receiver. He scored touchdowns out of the backfield as a returner. Even threw some touchdown passes this year. So Tuggle, he did a little bit of everything for the best team in the conference. He had 19 total touchdowns, 15 receiving, two rushing, two passing touchdowns. I believe he may have had a couple uh, special teams touchdowns as well. So shout out to Nitro Tuggle. What an outstanding football player in year. And then we'll turn to the coaches. Man, there was some really good coaching jobs here in the NLC this year. Uh, I'm going to go with the honorable mention for Coach Kinder, who, man, he 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 put the Cayman in second place. He played north with the best out of everyone in the regular season, that is. And they followed it up with a sectional title. And he, he had a really solid game plan to start against number one Snyder in the yeah, regional game. So, yeah, he had a solid – he had his team ready to go, kind of punched Snyder in the mouth in that first half. A really solid year for the Cavemen. And then the coach of the year, the actual, uh, I want to just go with Nate Andrews. Uh, kind of hard not to go with Nate Andrews. He went unbeaten in the conference. Yeah, so they did it in dominant fashion as well. They scored over 40, po- 40 points in six of the seven conference games. They also had their opponents to under 14 points six out of seven times. And they had an unbeaten 9-0 season, a regular season that is. A credit to him, his staff, and players. All right, so let's go with the NIC Player of the Year for the North South Division, also known as the Small Division. Uh, and that's going to go to two players. Uh, that's Jim Towns running back Sam Garner had an incredible season and year for the Jimmies, um, was a leading rusher on that team. Uh, and South and Riley's wide receiver, Caleb Francis also had a big year for the Wildcats. So congratulations to those two football players, Sam Garner and Jim Town and Riley's Caleb Francis. Honorable mention goes to Bremen's running back, Lance Moser. He had an outstanding year for the Lions. was a big reason why they made it to uh, uh, the um, sectional championship game. And uh, he had a great year. The NIC Player of the Year for the East-West Division or the the big division, and that's uh, New Prairie's running back, Noah Mangia. What a special player and had a special season. Um, well-deserved. He ran for a lot of yards uh, and scored a lot of touchdowns. So congratulations to those players. The NIC Coach of the Year for the North-South Division is Jim Towns' Corey Stoner. He led the Jimmy to a 9-3 and record. Back-to-back NIC North-South Divisional Champions. Uh, Jim Towns advanced to their third straight sectional championship a lot of people doubted the Jimtown team after all the talent and experience that they lost in last year's team. But Coach Stoner did a great job of steering the ship to win nine games, NIC champions, and compete in the sectional championship. What a great season that is for him. The NIC Coach of the Year for the East-West Division is Penn's Corey Yeoman. 
He led Penn to the NIC East-West Divisional Champion. Uh, Penn's record of 7-3 this year is the best record since 2018. And Aaron, get this. Penn beat two teams that played in the state finals, Valparaiso and New Prairie, by a combined score of 56-6. to six. Yeah. So, uh, pretty good year for Penn. The honorable mention goes to New Prairie's Casey uh, McKim, who obviously had a great year as well. So, let's move on to our topic number two. We're staying in high school football here. We're going to do the Indiana Football Coaches Association Senior All-State Teams. Uh, I'll go through that, and then Aaron, you're going to do the uh, IFCA Junior All-State Teams. And uh, we had a lot of great players in this area, St. Joseph County and Elkhart Counties, and we want to make sure that we, we highlight those players. So in the Class 2A for seniors, we had office alignment from um, LaVille, Adam A.J. Bedrock, Defensive lineman from Bremen, Easton Reed. Also from Bremen, defensive lineman, Zachary Schmucker. And from Lowville, linebacker, uh, linebacker, Noah Richhart. Class 3A. Tight end from Jimtown, Tayshire Williams. Offensive lineman from Fairfield, Brock Berkey. Defensive lineman from Marion, Kyle Dennison. Linebacker from Jimtown, Connor McPhee. Class 4A. Wide receiver from Northridge, Jethro Hostetler. Wide receiver from Northwood, Jeremy Payne. Offensive lineman from New Prairie, Jacob Rosinski. Quarterback from Northridge, Cade Harrington. Running back. From New Prairie, Noah Munguia. Linebacker from Northwood, Ethan Evers. And linebacker from New Prairie, Tavion Ortman. So congratulations to all the players for making the IFCA Senior All-State Teams. All right, and for the Junior All-State Team, starting in 2A, offensive lineman from LaVille, Eric Bedock. Uh, punter from LaVille, Lucas Plummer. Class 3A, we have wide receiver from John Glenn, Tyron Larkin. Defense alignment from John Glenn, Julian McMahon. Class 4A, wide receiver from Northwood, Nitarian Tuggle. Quarterback from New, Par- New Prairie, Marshall Kamisic. Kicker from Northwood, Dominic DeFreitas. Linebacker from Northridge, Brock Thompson. Class 5A, Offensive lineman from South Bend Adams, Landon Roberts. Quarterback from Mishawaka, Brady Fisher. Linebacker from Mishawaka, Jackson Snyder. Class 6A, we had two offensive linemen, one from Penn, Auden Jones, and Harrison Stoffer from Warsaw. And then we had three area uh, seniors make the Indiana Football Coaches Association Top 50 All-State team. And that was defensive lineman Wallace Kenich from Penn. Defensive back Dea McCullough from South Bend St. Joe. And offensive lineman Dawson Nowacki from Mishawaka. You can listen to the Will and Aaron Show podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, 
Amazon Music. Follow us on Twitter at Will Aaron Show. You can follow the Will and Aaron Show Facebook page where you can interact by commenting, liking, sharing, and reviewing our podcast. All right, Will. So topic number three, the high school basketball season, boys basketball season is underway. And we're about three to four games into the season for most teams. What is standing out to you so far? Well, uh, several teams are off to a good start. Let's start with uh, Elkhart Christian Eagles. They are 2-0. and uh, They do face Westview next week. So we're going to see how good Coach Hibber's uh, team is. That's a great test for them. They are ranked 19th in Class 1A. Yeah, the Eagles had a winning season last year and appear to be poised for another. I was kind of doing some digging on John Harrell's site and Prior to that last year, the last winning season was in 2017-18 when Ryan Colt coached them to a sectional title. Interesting. So Northwood is off to a good start. Uh, they're ranked number one in Class 3A. Uh, they're 3-1 and one on the season with their only loss to Beach Row, which was last year's uh, state champion in 3A. Northwood probably won't be challenged until they face North Davies in late December in a tournament. Yeah, the Panthers look to be the favorite to repeat as NLC champs and even their sectional. But there are a lot of games to be played yet, but they have a loaded team uh, with Cade Brenner and the Roche brothers, to name a few of their returning letter winners. So in Class 3A, second-rate Mishawaka Marion is 3-0 and off to a fast start. Uh, December will be a tough stretch for the Knights as they face several teams. That could pose a challenge, including Warren Central, Gary West, and Valparaiso. Also in 3A, 11th ranked John Glenn. They're off to a little rocky start, 1-2, and two, with surprising losses to Plymouth and South Bend Clay. There are a handful of impact players from last year's competitive team that graduated, so it'll be interesting to see how Coach Hannah and the returners bounce back uh these next few weeks especially with riley and washington looming yeah for sure i did see that bryce hannah put up 35 points on alcart and i know that the lions are struggling but hopefully that's a good sign for john glenn well coach hannah is too good of a coach and that's too good of a program for they'll figure things out i'm sure Class 3A, 13th ranked south bend washington panthers are four and oh Coach Varga is in his sixth year at the in the controls of that program. And Aaron, this may be his best team yet. Mm-hmm. Marcus Northern is a standout senior, and the Panthers have one of the best freshmen in the state, Stephen Reynolds. Washington should be 9-0 and going into a huge showdown with Harrison West Lafayette. Yeah, an exciting time for that program. Uh, a team that will be tough to beat every time out. For sure, for sure. Let's stay in Class 3 one more time. We're the 23rd-ranked South Bend St. Joseph uh, Indians, or 2-1, led by Coach Eric Gaff. Now, they did lose the first game of the year to Concord. That might surprise some people, uh, but they have gone on a scoring uh, ramp page in the last two games. They put 84 points on Adams and 81 points on Michigan City Marquette. Now, 
Unfortunately, their defense also gave up a lot of points. So we'll see what this team this team does. I think they're kind of a wild card this year. I, I can see them being a dangerous team in the tournament. Mm. Class 4A, third-ranked 10 Kingsmen. They're 2-0. Uh, of course, they're led by uh, the Notre Dame uh, recruit. Um, they are. They should be four and zero when they face Zionsville, um, and that's going to be a, a tough test for them. Yeah, I look forward to seeing this team in person, probably in the sectional sectional time for sure. In Class Four, the seventeenth ranked Northridge Raiders are currently four and zero. The the Northridge Raiders have been on an impressive uh, stretch here early in the season with. Wins against Culver Academy. It's never easy to win against them, especially when you have Coach Galloway there. And also, Valparaiso has been very tough last several years. So, some great wins for the Raiders. Class 4A, 19th rate, Mishawaka 2-0. Coach Bender faces Mary this week. So, that'll be a, a good test for the Cavemen. Yeah, that's an interesting matchup. I wish it wasn't on Tuesday night because I kind of want to go to that one. A lot of great matchups this week. Uh, in Class 4A, 22nd-ranked Goshen is 2-1 with wins over Fairfield and Bremen. Yeah, I think they have Elkar at home this week, and then they travel to St. Joe on Saturday afternoon. Like you, uh, that St. Joe team, it seems like a team to see this year in person. So, Aaron, what have you noticed? Well, like you, I have obviously follow Northridge pretty closely, so that jumped out to me. They've beaten some... Pretty good teams. Like I'd really, really focus it on that Culver Military game. Obviously, the game of the week for TV forty six. So that game kind of stood out how good both teams were on defense. Seemed like there was a lot of intensity with that game. And Chuck Freebie mentioned in the TV forty six had a good uh, st- uh, trivia or not trivia, but stat that. Since Coach Radiker has taken over the Raiders, they are usually a team that's a slow starting team in a way. Like, but they get in that groove in January to the end of the season. But it kind of seems like they're already rolling right now. I mean, they have two ranked teams they beat, so it's exciting to see this young team. Hopefully, they can keep building. Other well, they've thing- got. Yeah, go ahead. They've got decent guard play uh, in the, the Bales uh, brothers and uh, Radiker's son, Cam. And uh, I think they got another son. Uh, they're pretty decent shooters. And yeah. then um, uh, they've got some uh, height. They've got yeah. two guys, one six eight, I think it's Allison, last name. Yeah. And then six seven kid. Yeah, so they're... they've got some some size. Yeah, that Ellison kid, man, he he's got some bounce. He was yeah, like, I saw he threw it down in the cover game. Yeah, that kind of I was like, whoa, not see that coming. But yeah, I guess he hasn't played basketball. This is like his second year, so that's kind of interesting. Another team that stood out to me is Plymouth. Um, I think we mentioned that the Pilgrims beat John Glenn, and they also beat number ten Tryon in one A. Uh, Easton Strain is a player to watch for the Pilgrims as they look to improve on last year. Also, the sum that stood out to me, the NLC, I know it's kind of early, but six of the eight teams all have winning records so far. And Concord got that win over St. Joe, which is pretty impressive. 
Uh, Wallace C could easily be three and one or two and two, but they lost some close ones. They lost in overtime to a pretty good West Noble team. Mishawaka is a team that is off to a solid start, two and zero under the Bodie Bender era. They beat a solid Tippy Valley team, who's ranked twenty four in three A, and they just beat a private school from Valparaiso on Victory Christian. A player I'm excited to learn more about is Arthur Jones for the Cavemen. And one final notice scene I had was Warsaw. Um, they're playing some of the Fort Wayne schools to start the year, and they went 2-1 and one with a loss to Homestead in between their wins against Columbia City and Huntington North. So they have scheduled some of those Fort Wayne area schools. And they also have Jackson Gold back to lead the Tigers, always a tough team. They'll probably be one of those teams that'll kind of get better each each month of the season. And I will say this: uh, you've got some good coaches of uh, the teams that you just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, uh, Joel Grundle, as you remember, played at Bethel uh, University. Uh, you know he's turning that program around. Uh, Coach Bender, what he did at Carroll, Flora, uh, an amazing run to the semi state, uh, and then. Coach Moore at Warsaw, he's one of the best in the business. So uh, no no surprise there for the good starts. Let's look at topic number four, Indiana High School girls basketball. Uh, in Class 1A, uh, the Bethany uh, Christian Bruins, Aaron, they're 6-1. and one. Wow. wow. What a start for them. Their only losses to Central Noble. Now, Coach Parson has been in the controls of that program for 17 seasons and has – them off to a great start so far. Uh, let's look at Class 3A, fifth-ranked Marion Knights are 8-1. Uh, they have two key games this week. Uh, Culver Academy, they're 7-2. and two. Penn Kingsman are 5-3. and three. Uh, And so that'll be a challenge to see what they do there. Class 4A, we all know, South in Washington, number one team in the state, they're 9-0. Uh, Aaron, uh, they beat Class 4A, 4th-ranked Noblesville, 77-56. Some people thought that would be a closer game, but that really wasn't. Uh, Aaron, I'm not sure there's anyone in the state of Indiana that can beat this South and Washington <laughs> team this season. Yeah, it doesn't appear to be anyone right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and credit to Coach Reynolds and the players for that. Yeah, for sure. Let's take a break, uh, and when we come back, we're going to talk topic number four, college football. If you are enjoying our podcast and want to donate, please find the donation link in our show notes. Any donation, no matter how small, will make a big difference in helping us bring you better quality podcast shows. Welcome back to the Willow and Air Show, where we're talking about local college and pro sports. Uh, topic number four, college football. Let's start off with Notre Dame. They finished the regular season eight and four. Uh, of course, they lost their last game to USC Trojan 37 to 26. Just couldn't keep up with the USC Trojan offense. Uh, I think the defense played relatively okay, um, but um, no shame in losing to that high octane offense. Uh, just Notre Dame couldn't get the running game going. So it, it made them really one dimensional, and that, that was tough to do. Now, uh, the big news, uh, not big anymore because it's been out, but Drew Pine will not be available for the Orange Bowl because he is going to be um, in the uh, 
um, portal. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, he's looking to get a new start somewhere else. Uh, I have been, uh, I have seen from a source uh, on Twitter that this was a surprise to the uh, to the coaches in Notre Dame. They did not see this coming. So I don't know what the inside story is of why he decided not to stay at Notre Dame. Uh, I mean, he went eight and two as a starter. Um, and did a fairly good job uh, with game management and pass completion. So it is what it is, but the Irish will have to find uh, a new quarterback when they face off in the Orange Bowl against South Carolina, who is also 8-4. And, four. and we're, we're going to talk more and break down that Orange Bowl in a future episode. Indiana finished the season 4-8. and eight. Now, for the Hoosiers, uh, it wasn't all bad, as they did find uh, quarterback Dexter Williams II. second. Uh, he showed some promise late in, in the season. Unfortunately, he had that season-ending injury. Um, it'll be interesting, Aaron, to see what the quarterback battle in the offseason is with Connor Bezalik, uh in that midst, uh, perhaps maybe another quarterback on the roster vying for that QB1 for next yeah. year. Good starting point. At least they have some talent in that spot. Then we turned to Purdue, and uh, they faced off Saturday night against Michigan in the Big Ten title game. Man, the Boilers played pretty tough against Michigan in that first half. However, Michigan's D forced some big stops and turnovers in the second half. The amazing Blues offense was explosive. They outscored Purdue 29-9 to in the second half. And they finish off Purdue 43 to 22, final score. So Michigan finishes its regular season at 13 and 0, and back-to-back seasons ending with a win against Ohio State and uh, winning the Big Ten title. Um, they'll be number two seed in the CFP and will face number three TCU. And I just before we jumped on, I saw Purdue accepted an invite to the Cheez It Bowl to face Brian Kelly. And the number 14 LSU Tigers in Orlando, Florida. So this is an intriguing matchup. It'll be on Monday, January 2nd. I'm sure we'll talk more about this game as well. This will also be the first meeting between these programs on the football field. Wow. I cannot wait for that matchup, Aaron. Yeah, it should be good. Uh, I couldn't help myself but to check the Twitterverse world after the LSU uh, Georgia game. Yeah. Uh, brutal. Just brutal. <laughs> it, was, it was brutal, Aaron. I bet. <laughs> Let's move on to topic number five, college basketball. We're going to start off with some NAIA action. Yeah, so IUSB is now sitting at five and four overall, three and one in their conference. They've gone two and one in the past three games. They lost to a Pretty tough cornerstone university team, 90-93. to 93. The Titans led at half, but cornerstone outscored them 50-34 to 34 in the second half. Spencer Pettit paced the Titans with some hot shooting from three, scored 19 points on five of eight from deep. Uh, then ISB got back in the win column in a conference game against Governor State University. The Jaguars came out early, took control, but that was just in the first 10 minutes. But after that, it was all Titans. Daniel Meredith led the way with 19 points and 9 assists. And their most recent game 
Uh, the Titans went up against Trinity International and dominated them 104 to 74. And the Titans once again were led by Don Danielle Meredith II with 28 points on 9 to 13 shooting, 6 to 8 from deep. The win puts IUSB in a, a tie for fourth place in the CCAC conference. Goshen College, so now they are 1-8, 0-4 in the Crossroads League. The Maple Leafs have yet to find their first conference win. They took it on the chin against number three, Grace, on the road and at home against the University of St. Francis. And then the most recent game, the, the Maple Leafs hosted Spring Arbor, who's also was looking for their first conference win. But Spring Arbor would eventually get it. They rallied uh, to get the win 72-65. The freshman from Goshen and Fairfield High School, Caleb Wright, dropped 28 points, but the Maple Leafs fell short. So Bethel University is 8-2. and two. They're 3-1 and one in conference. Their only conference loss was a 78-75 road trip to 5th-ranked Marion University. Uh, this week, they go on the road for yet another big conference game against 21st-ranked Indiana Wesleyan University. Uh, Bethel is receiving votes in the national poll. Pilots have five players averaging double digit in scoring, which is always a good thing because, you know, it's like pick your poison. Uh, Bethel has a lot of great scorers. So hopefully they can beat Indiana Wesley. That would be a big conference win and just a, a nice win against a top 25. Maybe propel them into the top 25 for the, the pilots there. Uh, Notre Dame is 6 and 2 and all one in conference. The Irish. Uh, lost to St. Bonaventure in Syracuse. That Syracuse game was very close. It was 62-61 final. Uh, the Bonnies, uh, some people felt like they uh, probably should have won that game, uh, Notre Dame, but, uh, you know, they they just couldn't get the job done in New York. But um, they did come back home and be a solid Michigan State team. That was an impressive win in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. That was not even close. Uh, they did a great job of sharing the ball, scoring evenly, um, and uh, what a great showing. Uh, this week, they post Boston University and the Marquette Eagles, and uh, Aaron, former Culver Academy player Ethan Britton-Watts, who won the state title at Culver, uh, played underneath Galloway. He's a senior for Boston. And Marquette has a former Indiana high school player from Harrison High School in West Lafayette. Uh, he's a freshman. So you got a couple of Indiana connections here to look for in South Bend as nice. the Irish face Boston and Marquette. Purdue is 8-0 and 1-0 in conference. The Boilers are ranked fifth in the nation and are on a roll. They beat sixth-ranked Gonzaga and eighth-ranked Duke. Uh, it doesn't get much better than that if you're a Purdue Boiler fan. What a great week that was. I believe that was in the um, uh, on the West Coast uh, Phil Knight tournament. Uh, so they uh, had a great showing there. Uh, with those wins, I believe that Purdue is setting themselves up for a huge season. The expectations really skyrocket, Aaron, for this team. Yeah. Perhaps, would you say, like a one or two seed in the national tournament uh, maybe at the end of the season. Uh, a lot of season left, but, yeah. you know, 
And the yeah, expectations I mean, really go up. Yeah, I think it's it's probably pretty likely that they're a top two or three seed. Uh, and they're maybe a top two or three because of a couple of players. And that first one is Zach Eady. That guy is a walking double, a double. I'm telling you, he can rebound the ball and he can score in the post. Fletcher Lawyer and Brandon Smith are the other two players that score in double digits, both scoring around 10 to 11 points apiece. Uh, and Aaron, like any other Matt Painter team, these guys, they just play hard for 40 minutes. Yeah. I mean, they are diving for loose balls that are two feet out of bounds already. And it's incredible the, the tenacity and the ferociousness that these guys play at and the level they play at. Probably why they're undefeated. Yeah, for sure. Another team that played hard, uh, most of people probably know this, Indiana was ranked number 10. 7-0, and they dominated the Tar Heels last Wednesday night, 77-65. Man, the score didn't really indicate how much they really controlled the game. They played with a lot of energy and hustle, defense. And one of those players that you mentioned, Trey Galloway, was someone who helped off the bench to establish that. Um, yeah, I mean, Trace Jackson Davis dominated the paint in preseason Preseason ACC Player of the Year, Armando Baycott. Now, many people uh, talked about how Baycott's dealing with the injury, but he still played. So, get this. They held the Tar Heels to just shooting 33% from the field, and they only had five assists the whole game. So, I know that some of the podcasts I've listened to talked about how the Tar Heels were they're kind of just settling for the three-point ball. So, but you still have to defend, and Coach Woodson preaches defense, and they they totally put on a show. However, <laughs> the most recent games, the Scarlet Knights dominated the Hoosiers. Um, six straight wins for Rutgers over IU. Kind of get into that Wisconsin territory, I know. <laughs> Feels like Scarlet has the Rutgers program has our number right now. They're 10-3 uh, and three at home versus ranked teams. Rutgers is. So not a great way to come off that huge win, but I'm sure Coach Woodson will have them ready, humbled as they they don't they can't really take any weeks off. They have I think Nebraska, and then they have number four Arizona and number nine Kansas. So they got some more blue bloods on their schedule. We want to shout out Bethel University's men's soccer program as they will as you hear this, they've already would have played in their first NA. IA National Championship game. They're taking on a squad from Mobile, Alabama. Uh, the Pilots are ranked number six in the country. What an incredible season. They're on a 20-match winning streak. Their record going into this game would be 21-1 and one with one draw. So, uh, congrats. Wow, Aaron. Yeah. Coach, uh, Coach Pinto has done a great job with his program. And as former Bethel pilots, go blue, win the national championship. Uh, but we're, we're a proud of you regardless. Uh, what a great, great season. So topic number seven, the Bears and the Colts. Uh, let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts real quick. And then, Aaron, you can talk about the Chicago Bears. Uh, the Colts are four and seven and one. The Indianapolis Colts lost to the Steelers on Monday Night Football last week. 
Uh, and then this week, as of this recording, they are playing on Sunday Night Football against America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Aaron, this probably feels like another loss for the Colts. How do you feel? Yeah, I think yeah, it's going to be tough to beat Dallas. They're kind of rolling right now. Uh, I can tell who he was not rolling, and that is the quarterback <laughs> room right now. Uh, what a mess this is. Uh, this organization needs to find a franchise quarterback. There's a lot of talent on this team, but if you don't have a good quarterback, that's no knock on Matt Ryan. He's had an incredible uh, season or uh, incredible career, I should say. It just hasn't paying out for whatever reason this season. Uh, but if you don't have a good quarterback, and this week you just can't be successful. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Colts do and the front office does this offseason. Uh, they have Matt Ryan, Nick Foles, and Sam Ellinger. Obviously, Ryan and Foles are uh, in their late 30s with Ellinger in his younger 20s. Do they keep them? Do they draft another quarterback? You know, I'm not sure I see a franchise quarterback in that group right now. Do you? No, I, I, I think you're hitting on the really big story for this team is they're trying to put a Band-Aid on this thing. So they got to go find that guy and – it might get worse before it gets better, kind of like the Bears. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't see either of those guys being the the dude. So, it kind of stinks because you know the Colts have the talent around the other positions. So, hopefully, they can find someone, get lucky in the draft, or maybe we'll see what the off season brings. All right, the Chicago Bears, man, uh, the Bears jumped out to ten. Nothing lead at the end of the first quarter against the Green Bay Packers today or on Sunday. And they also led 16 to 10 at half the third quarter. They pushed it up to 19 to 10. But from there on out, the Packers kind of took over with a big A.J. Dillon touchdown run, a, Macy, a Mason Crosby field goal, and a Christian Watson 46 yard touchdown run. So the Packers beat the Bears again 28 to 19. And Aaron Rodgers only threw one touchdown pass in this one. Kind of hard to believe. Justin Fields did have a 55-yard touchdown run, but had two interceptions. The Bears dropped to 3-10, and and we'll have a bye week in Week 14. All right, let's move on to some NBA. Uh, I'm going to call this segment Running with the Bulls. The Bulls continue to trend downward at 9-14. and They just lost to the streaking Sacramento Kings just before we jumped on to record this pod. Some of the bigger news surrounding the Bulls is just kind of how they're switching up their starting lineup to find things. Uh, putting Moving Patrick Williams and Ayo DeSuma to the bench for Javante Green and Alex Caruso. Also trade rumors, Zach Lowe of ESPN reported that the Lakers discussed interest in DeMar DeRozan internally. The trade would likely center around Russell Westbrook and two first-round picks going back to Chicago. Who knows if Chicago will accept it or if the Lakers will reach out. I mean, if the Bulls continue to falter with their mix of vets and young players, there could be a team. They could be a team that tries to get into the lottery sweepstakes, kind of fold on this season. And, of course, the Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they're kind of in win-now mode. So we'll see if that trade gets done before the New York New Year or even the trade deadline. All right, let's switch it to the Pacers. I'm calling this segment for now the good, the bad, and the ugly with the Pacers. The good, 
Tyrese Halliburton, what a stellar point guard. He's the lead league leader in double doubles and assist leaders. I think that was a few weeks ago. It might have changed. But he is the first player in history with 40 assists and zero turnovers in a three-game span. He tied a Pacers franchise record of six straight games with 10-plus assists in a game. He was the Week 5 Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Uh, Benedict Matherin could be in the early sixth man of the year running. He leads the league in bench points at 19.2 points per game. And he could be in the Rookie of the Year race as well. And he just won the Eastern Conference Rookie of the Month for, I believe, the months of October October and November. And another good fellow rookie and starter, Andrew Nemhard, hit a game winner over LeBron James. That was in his first game back from injury. He is probably the best perimeter defender for the Pacers, which isn't saying a lot, but a rookie. The Pacers have hit it out of the park with two of their rookie selections. The bad, the Pacers are on a, are one and three on their current road trip, and they face a pretty tough Portland team at the time of this recording, and their schedule is about to get tougher. So the Pacers are probably going to take a dip in their record. And a lot of their wins is kind of, i call this a bad thing. A lot of their wins are coming from a double-digit deficits. So wins are good, but yeah, if you're going to do this a whole season, it's going to be tough to sustain. The ugly for the Pacers, three ugly losses. A 23-point loss versus Sacramento Kings in the first game for DeMontis Simonis against his former team and Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton against their former team. Another 20-point loss against Utah, and a 14-point loss to the L.A. Clippers. And another ugly thing I'm noticing about the Pacers, their defense, terrible. They're allowing teams to own the paint, and you can't win in the NBA. So that's the good and the bad and the ugly with the Pacers. Our final topic, the 5-7-4 in the NBA. Now, Jaden Ivey is back in the starting lineup. At the time of this recording, his Pistons lost lost to Memphis tonight uh, in Detroit. Uh, he had a bad shooting night, I believe. Um, so his first game back in the starting rotation. Prior to that, he was out three games due to a knee issue, so they're kind of being cautious with that. His first game back, he came off the bench against the Dallas Mavericks. He played 35 minutes, which is a good sign. He scored 16 points dished out six assists, and gathered three boards, which are kind of near his averages. So he is still learning how to have a better shot selection, which all rookies deal with. So it's good that Ivy's back. He doesn't seem to be in a serious injury. They're just being cautious. All right. Well, thank you for listening to The Will and Aaron Show. Tune in next week as we discuss more local, college, and pro sports.